up, everybody, and welcome to another Angry War Gamer podcast. I am your host, Jason, and Drew and Orlando are here today. How are you, everyone? What's good? So, yeah. Um, as far as updates go, I got to entertain guests today. Just one. What would that be? Drew. Duh. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Drew came over today. This was part. What? Where did you guys discuss this? All we did. All we did was. No, he's not actually here right now. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> Even so, I spent all day here. Like, come on. We just traded magic cards and bullshit. That's all we did. <laughs> oh, okay. So on the weekend when everybody's just fucking around, we well, someone's yeah, just not leave, just someone's leave old Lando out of it. Someone's not oh, vaccinated. Thanks, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, get your vaccine and then you could join us. Yeah, go get your fucking microchip and let's go. <laughs> that, is that it? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because my my wife was kind of freaking out and she was asking all sorts of questions and Drew had just been vaccinated, so. You know, I mean, I can't argue with that. I'm trying to get I'm trying to schedule an appointment. It's honestly at this point, we're just giving you a hard time. But that was like literally how it happened. He told me he was coming. My wife freaked out. (laughs) He's vaccinated. We're all vaccinated. She said it was okay. We came over. (laughs) I could play with my friends now. Yeah, no. Um, other than that, like this week's been pretty boring. I finally got my Star Ocean um, game in. So oh, how did that go? I haven't started <laughs> it yet. They sent me the day one edition. So I ordered it. Remember, this was like a month ago I ordered it. And I finally realized it the other day. So I had called GameStop and I was like, hey, yo, where's my where's my game? Like, what the fuck? Like, I paid for this in store. Like, where's my shit? And they were like, oh, uh, it says that it's going to... Um, uh, it's been shipped already. I said, okay, yeah, but when you go to track it, there's no tracking on it. I'm like, listen, I work in the industry. I know what the fuck's going on. It never got picked up. Where's my shit? So then they're like, okay, uh, we'll send you a new one. So they refunded it and sent me a new copy, and I got it in like two days. They done goofed. Hard. Yeah, someone fucked up somewhere. But I ended up getting the day one edition, and it came with a code inside So for the DLC. So I'm hoping that that code works. <laughs> And I got the, then I'll have the full Star Ocean game. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, what else? I haven't really done anything else. We, I traded cards, got some more cards, painted a whole bunch of shit, and that's pretty much about it. <laughs> so, what about you guys? What have you guys been up to? You want to take a draw on this one? Well, I don't really have to answer that question because you know what the fuck I've been doing. But other than bullshitting with you today, um, just working, putting together some some fun decks, working on a deck with Al- with uh, Alex Jones at the helm of it. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I will get I will get into playing Magic again if if just to be able to see that fucking card. <laughs> he sent me the picture and I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> It's Gore Muldrak, the amphenologist. He, he <laughs> likes amphibians, just like Alex Jones. 
You have to get a spore frog now. You have to get it's you have so to get a dumb, custom spore frog with so the, damn good. With the like, tinfoil hat. For, whoever commissioned that shit. Fucking genius. Yeah, now you now you have to get a spore frog with a tinfoil hat and a pride flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> the frogs are gay. <laughs> I don't like to put chemicals in the water and turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> oh, God. Christ. You'd think that guy would just disappear, but they, they literally de like completely deplatformed that guy, and then he's still going. Still going strong. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know this. Did you know that they uh, picked up Caitlyn Bennett for InfoWars? Like, that's where all of her shit is now, is on uh, InfoWars. Most of it. No shit. Yeah. Are you surprised at all? No, I'm not, but she's been saying some fun, fucking ridiculous shit on top of that. Again, are you surprised at all? We're just no. making fun of a guy that tends to say ridiculous shit. No, she was... And we're, talking she about was, someone else. She was on a camera... She was on camera at, like, a rally or something, and somebody was, like, videotaping her. Like, they were, like, taking a, a video together, and she said basically something about, uh, go home, um make or go home clean the house and have babies like a good woman should or some shit like that and i was like holy fuck what the fuck like <laughs> i mean i guess she likes being in the 50s but then you know wouldn't she be contradicting herself on the matter considering she's not at home raising kids or cooking i i don't know i just thought it was fucking hilarious so anyway going along it's, with well the same i know right <sighs> we're kind of we're kind of lax on topics here, but I kind of want to. Well, there's a, there's a few things. So, OK, so one, as everybody knows, I'm putting together a commander deck. And I have the precons from the Strixhaven stuff. I bought all of them and there's only one that I'm not taking apart. Like I'm not taking a card out of it. And that's the uh, Quandrix deck uh, that I had to find, which I ended up finding anyway. So I ordered um ultra pro sleeves um the magic the gathering branded ones and they are you know they're ultra pro it's not the best but not the worst sleeve and they were all like you know the same sleeve it's supposed to be 100 in the pack i'm sleeving the thing mind you these pre-constructed decks they only come with 99 cards you don't actually get 100 cards in these decks none of them have 100 cards they're all 99 and um Technically, you get 100 because they give you the extra commander, but it's actually 99 cards. Anyway, so I'm... It's 100 cards, you lying sack of shit. It is not. It's 99. If you count the cards, it's 99. Well, it's, well dude, I, I can't really count them. I've not kept any of mine intact, so... They're actually 99 cards. I looked at... Well, at least the Quandrix one was. There's... I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I ended up three sleeves short but only two to finish the deck and two makes it 99. Cause I actually counted the cards and um, yeah. So I was three sleeves short for the deck after everything was sleeved lands, except for, I didn't sleeve the tokens. Obviously that's the only thing I didn't sleeve anyway. So I contacted uh, ultra pro cause I was like, dude, I ordered these on Amazon. I'm not going to uh, unsleeve all of these that I just spent like a fucking hour and a half sleeving all like double sleeving everything and sending them back. Like what the fuck? 
So I contact Alternate Pro. They're like, we need a receipt. I send them the receipt from my Amazon. They're sending me a code for or a credit for the replacement and a code for free shipping to order from their store like outright on Monday. So um, they're just completely sending me a whole new batch. So I'm going to have more sleeves for no reason because I'm only using that specific sleeve for this deck. Before we continue going, it is May 22nd, the Saturday of May 22nd. So um, basically the whole point, the whole thing I'm bringing this up is Ultra Pro, fucking fantastic customer service because they answered me back on a Saturday with emails and uh, I thought that was great. And they're not, they're going to send me those codes when their offices open back up on Monday, which I was like, dude, you guys are helping me on a weekend and you can't officially do anything until Monday. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. So, yeah, Ultra Pro five star <laughs> customer service right there. Not many companies are like that. GW is another one that has fantastic customer service, and so does Nintendo. The only problem I have with Nintendo is their, um, what's it called? Their warranty program. Like, if you have to send something in to get fixed, it's, it takes forever. It takes forever. In fact, I didn't even send my shit in because it because of covid and taking so long and shutting down and reopening i'm not even gonna send the joy con i'm just gonna buy another joy con <laughs> i mean fair enough yeah so but otherwise if you need like software help or store help or setup help like they're phenomenal when pokemon home happened they walked they basically walked me through the process of getting everything from my red and blue ds Trans and transferred everything from red and blue, diamond and pearl, black and white, um, XY, um, sun and moon, have all those transferred into Pokemon Home and then transfer that all into my uh, sword and shield. Well, most of it. I got a lot of the stuff that didn't have sprites in the game yet couldn't come over, but you get the point. <laughs> Anything that helped fill my Pokedex at that point. So. That's cool. Yeah, they spent like it was like almost 40 minutes with me explaining everything and how to and how to do everything, which at like the fucking 20 minute mark, I kind of had it figured out, but they wanted to stay on the phone. <laughs> so I wasn't about to tell them no. So Yeah, that's what I have to say about customer service in the industries. Uh, we do have, I have, do have a couple of miniature updates that I just fucking remembered because I just spent $200 on stuff today. So, um, today was the release of the new, uh, vampire counts. I can't remember what they're called, but it's a lot of the bad guys from the cursed city box that, that is, was a limited run. Supposedly they're not making it. They're not expanding the game anymore. It's just a board game with miniatures they reprinted the bad guy miniatures into like the new vampire counts army. Cause they were all from those vampires and everything was for sale today. But on pre-order today, you can now buy the space Marine heavy in, in intercessors and the flayed ones from the kill team box separate. So you no longer have to buy the kill team box to get those. And, um, also for pre-order was the Adeptus Mechanicus, the whole thing, the the bundle, the new codex, and the new combat patrol box, which um, I bought a new codex and the combat patrol box for my son. So, and and another big thing, 
fucking new uh, brushes. They have brand new acrylic brushes. Uh, so far, I'm in, though I only bought one. So far, I'm enjoying it. That is my miniature update. <laughs> trying to fill time, guys. <laughs> I'm just trying to fill time. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, somebody at work this week, I believe it was my supervisor, asked me to draw them uh, a Bart Simpson tattoo design. Oh, nice. Like, I, I, I kind of need to get started on it, but I like I have no idea how to get that to work because I've never really drawn a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that being difficult, especially if you've never done it before. Does he want like a flash thing or does he want like a just a line drawing and then somebody else is going to just fill it in for him? Someone else is going to fill it in for him. But he wants me to come up with the design. Oh. You should hide something like stupid small in there, like turn one of the lines into like popular hobo and then just like hide it in there and never tell him. <laughs> Why would you want your brand to be hidden inside it? Free advertising. Everyone's going to ask me, like, dude, does that say popular hobo? And he's going to be like, what? And then he's going to ask you and be like, dude, listen to my podcast. <laughs> Please, everybody at this point, because I do wear my shirt. I do wear the the uh, the logo shirt to work. Nice. I do wear it. <laughs> and they're like, where did you get that from? It's my motherfucking podcast. Listen to it. Yeah, it's my merch, damn it. Go buy it. Link in bio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody actually, I had two people ask me now for popular hobo designs, and I'm trying to figure out how to do it. So <laughs> if you guys got any ideas, let me know. <laughs> so if we get it, if we get it into like some sort of a vector format, we could just put it on, you know, use the company we're using now and just put it on a T-shirt. But a couple of people have asked me for popular hobo designs. <laughs> I mean, if you need me to come up with one, I'll figure so I could figure something out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, if I have to, worst case scenario, you like you could draw it up and then I will find some way to get it into. I have I'd actually have to pay like subscribe for the Adobe stuff. But if you go into Adobe Illustrator, you can turn things into vector files. So I'm wondering if there's a free way to do that. Uh, I haven't found it yet, but. I just I'm so used to using the Adobe suite that like that's just how it I don't know. That's how I function now. Fair enough. So but yeah. At some point we could put art on shirts. <laughs> Not just our logo and some words. <laughs> some damn good words though. I know, right? Popular hobo for the win. Hey, if you listen to the show, how do you feel about being called a popular hobo? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> anyway, and if you're just now listening and you don't know, uh, find us on Facebook to get the merch link along with our TCG player link for the card game stuff and support the podcast. Yo, do it. Anyway, going along with shilling for stuff and Caitlin Bennett, I guess we should get into the topic of YouTube and them changing their monetization. And then oh, you had something else to add to else. it, too, right, Lando? <laughs> Fantastic. 
Alright, where the fuck is the picture of the email that I sent you guys? Okay. So I got two emails, because we've got two channels. So I, the, the podcast do get uploaded to Facebook, or not Facebook, get uploaded to YouTube, but it's like a forced upload, and we don't really put anything other than the podcast you're listening to now. So if you prefer to listen to it, the YouTube, you can find us on YouTube at Angry Wargamer Podcast, or just Angry Wargamer. Um, it's the lower follower count. Don't follow my miniature channel unless you actually give a shit about my painting, and I haven't uploaded that in for like a couple years. So... Um, just look for the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so they sent me an email saying, you're receiving this email because we're updating the YouTube terms of service to clarify our terms and provide transparency to our users. The terms were similarly updated in the United States in November 2020. These changes shouldn't significantly alter your access or use the YouTube's use of the YouTube service. A summary of changes. <clears throat> now, we kind of knew this was coming because I think we talked about it once before, like a while ago. I want to say probably in that November time where they were talking about doing it. So they have facial recognition restrictions. The terms of service already state that you cannot collect any information that might identify a person without their permission. While this is this has always indicated facial recognition information, the new terms make that explicitly clear. Okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, YouTube's right to monetize. This is the big one. YouTube has the right to monetize all content on the platform, and ads may appear on videos from channels not in the YouTube partner program. Now, my miniature channel is not big enough to be in the partner program. It qualified originally, and I was part of it, and I ended up getting kicked out. I no longer qualify. I'm not even close. Um, before it just had to be a number of views. Then once they went to the subscriber plus views, I got kicked out and now I'm not even close, but now they have the right to monetize my videos, even though I've made the decision to not monetize or, you know, not push my videos so they can make money off of my stuff now and our podcast. Yep. Cause our podcast doesn't have the number of subscribers either. So, um, I think that's kind of shitty because look, we're creating content for you and now you're collecting money that we don't get access to. Like if you were creating the content, that's one thing, but the people that are creating the content should have access to that. You know what I'm saying? Well, it gets worse than that though. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, not to mention they just started a, uh, program called YouTube shorts where you can, it's similar to TikTok and Instagram reels and stuff like that. You can upload 60 second videos. <clears throat> you do get access. If your stuff goes viral in the, in the shorts, you do have access to a pool of money right now that um, they're giving away to some creators. <clears throat> I can't remember. I think it's like $2 million um, that they're giving out to people to, to, you know, promote their YouTube shorts program, but they can monetize that shit because you're putting it on their platform. So, you know, it is what it is. All right, last point. Royalty payments and tax withholding. For creators entitled to revenue payments, such payments will be treated as royalties from a, a U.S. tax perspective, and Google will withhold taxes where required by law. <clears throat> so here's where I kind of have a problem. So right now, this podcast is not constituted as a business. We're just people talking into a microphone, having a great fucking time. Sometimes. 
mostly when we're shitting on Anita Sarkeesian. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're not a business. So we get taxed like people. If we were to make money on this, we would have to claim those as people taxes. Most people on YouTube, like, will say, like, Philip DeFranco, um, pick another big YouTube, David Dobrik, whatever, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, whatever. If they're smart, their brand is now a business. So they pay taxes like a business. Here's where this is a problem now. If you're getting paid by royalties from the ad revenue, and now it's considered royalties, it's getting paid to a person or the or the business, but now they're withholding taxes. So I'm assuming that they have a, um, I think, I think it's a 1090. I can't remember what the independent contractor thing is. I think it's a 1090. Don't quote me. I'm not a fucking tax specialist. If you want to know about taxes, I got a podcast you can listen to <coughs> two tax lawyers and they talk about doing all that shit. In fact, I got to listen to one of their things because old people shit. Anyway, um, so now Google's withholding that tax for you. So two things are going to happen. Google's either going to take responsibility for take for paying that tax because they're withholding that tax. And now they have to give you tax papers at the end of the year. Or two. Um, I don't need. Well, I don't even know what the fucking second point was. That's the only point, really. So your business is going to have a harder time filing because. Business taxes are way different than people taxes. People taxes, if they're withholding those taxes for you, it's just like collecting a paycheck from your employer. Your taxes are already taken out. You don't have to worry about it. They send you all your forms. You file your taxes like normal. Problem is, is businesses don't do stuff like that. So it's going to complicate a lot of stuff for the people that are businesses. And if you are a business and doing a YouTube channel and you're going to be collecting royalties, just remember that things are going to change. Get some help with your taxes. I don't see this like I I think it's dumb that they can monetize you without being in the program and you're not collecting anything but the tax thing makes sense because now they're kind of forcing companies to pay taxes that might have been lying about their income are you kidding dude it gets worse than that they've already found out that you can be you can have your you can be given copyright and channel strikes on content you've deleted what? Yeah. So they're finding out, re creators are finding out throughout the internet, no, throughout YouTube, that they're getting channel strikes on their content, and that includes videos that they've deleted, whether they were told by YouTube before or not. So who's reporting them then? It's just the well, algorithm picking it up? Yeah. They programmed the algorithm. To pick it up and give them the fucking channel strikes. Even on, you can no longer correct your mistakes in an attempt to try to remo uh, remove uh, or prevent uh, potential channel strikes. They're now targeting you, even if you delete the product. So now they want creators to never, ever submit any kind of content that may be potentially uh against their terms of service and guess what considering that that is a uh, a constant changing terms of service you could have a video at any point in time in the future that can violate it and deleting it won't change it won't stop it can we just go back to the days of youtube anime 
like music videos, AMV videos. <laughs> I want to go back to a simpler time. Let's go back to early 2000s. Fuck. Yeah. Every time, every time YouTube decides to change something, it fucks everything up. Like everything gets fucked up. Anyway, so these terms of service that are changing, they're not changing until July 1st or June 1st. My bad. June 1st for users outside of the U.S. Um, by continuing to use to YouTube after this date, you're agreeing to the new terms. Please note, if you allow your child to use YouTube Kids, then you are agreeing to the new terms on behalf of your child as well. Fantastic. Yeah, every t literally every time YouTube decides to change something, it like it just fucks with everybody. So, Unfortunately, so. Yeah, I wish that you know, with the amount of time that they've had, you'd think they'd hire somebody to tell them, "Hey, this is the best form." Like, hire a fucking old TV executive. At this point, YouTube is basically TV. Most people aren't fucking watching cable TV anymore. Hire That's a fucking the problem, though. What it's do you mean? Because YouTube is becoming more like TV, that people are hating the ever-loving shit out of it. Yeah, but if you hired an executive, right, for the for doing ads and stuff, like okay, cool. But if you're going to monetize everything, like you need to have, you need to be able to send out contracts and put put these people under contract, not just for using their service, but being able to pay them correctly. Because otherwise, like, you run into issues like they've already had, where they, you know, they throttle your account or they stifle your video so they don't have to pay you. Like, Twitch, not Twitch. Is it Twitch? Twitch. Twitch does, where they, like, ban you and then don't have to pay you and then reinstate you. I don't know. I just, it's a huge fucking mess. And there's, with the amount of time that they've had to, like, figure this shit out... They should have figured it out by now. They should they at least at least be the front runner in the industry to make it like I know they had that YouTube Red thing where they were taking some creators and giving them contracts to create content for YouTube Red. Maybe they should just focus on that and leave basic YouTube alone. Well, they still do actually have premium, they still do have premium content, though. Just they don't they don't have it locked away anymore behind the uh, the, the the premium memberships. I, I I've seen. Well, actually, I don't know. I can't confirm that because I haven't had I haven't not had YouTube Premium or Red or whatever the fuck it's called now. Yeah. So, I, I know there's still premium content because I've seen it. Cool. I've seen like because the premium content stuff has like a gray highlight bar over the content to tell you it's premium. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Well, I know that people still do the you can still do pay-per-view stuff like with videos like people can buy your videos to view them. That's still an option. And then the other option, the other thing that I've seen. Well, so remember Cobra Kai was supposed to be their big front runner and Cobra Kai has moved over to Amazon, I want to say. Netflix, I believe. Is it Netflix? OK, somebody picked them up, either Netflix or Prime Video. I can't remember, but YouTube is trying to come. YouTube should have not been trying to compete with Amazon and Netflix. Now YouTube should have been on the front end of that. You know what I mean? Like Netflix should have been the one struggling for attention and Amazon should have been like the, Hey, we're here type people, but it's not like that right now. Now it's, now it's YouTube on the flip side. 
the problem with YouTube was is when you have a platform that's user driven, it's much more difficult to categorize things in a way where you can create a a subscription system that can be beneficial to the actual subscribers beyond what they were offering initially, like ad free content and access to Google music was the original package for YouTube red. Now it's unfortunately evolved devolved. I don't know, but it's still ad free content. It's just, um, the, uh, they've shifted over to YouTube music as their music platform, which is good and a bad thing. I'm not a fan of the, the interface that it has, but whatever. And they have the premium content, but I believe, I want to say that a year or two ago, they got rid of the premium wall that they had behind that stuff because I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I feel like they got rid of it because it wasn't really garnering the response that they were hoping for. Even though they were getting big names to do a lot of the video, a lot of the videos, it wasn't generating what they were hoping for as far as um, uptake on subscriptions was concerned. So I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to look into it at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, YouTube was at, like, the front end of that. You know what I mean? Like, Netflix had just started to become a thing. YouTube should have just immediately jumped on that train and been like, no, this is our space. That's just my opinion. What do you think, Orlando? Well, I think the problem is, is that since so many people have been used to YouTube being free for well over a decade and a half, I mean, since its inception, I don't think you're going to convince people to be invest monetarily into something like YouTube when they've always had it for free. That's why I believe how YouTube Red has become ultimately a failure because you can't really ask for a premium content on a website that was had been for free for A decade and a half now yeah but that's what i'm saying like for now for them right now it's too late if they would have jumped on that earlier it might have been a thing like remember hulu was out and it just now within like the last like i want to say like 10 like not even 10 years maybe six years hulu's become he- like bigger maybe i could be wrong on that i don't know but hulu's been around probably longer than Netflix has in Netflix's current form. And all the subscription services kind of like all took off at the same time. And, you know, Amazon prime video, they jumped right in and went right along and YouTube just lagged behind. Like YouTube really, they didn't put enough effort into it. So like right now it's, it's probably way too late for them. Now they have to just try to figure out how to survive with what they're doing now, which I don't think they're, I'd have to look at the numbers on that too, because I don't, I, I can't say they're completely profitable, but I can't say they're losing money on it either. Oh, they are losing money. If you're talking about YouTube, they're they losing averaging for years. They are, they are what is referred to as a loss leader friend. They are merely being held on by Google because it is a market that they have full and utter control over, even as they are bleeding money, holding it. They got to re innovate it then. They got to do something. If they want it to be profitable, they got to do. do something. Yeah, but I don't know if this is the right way to do it. Monetize everybody? Eh. 
monetize everyone. They're 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 cozying up to the fucking network, the the new the uh, the primetime networks. That's why you see fucking things like Jimmy Fallon and fucking uh, other late night shows getting top billing for uh, user user reception. There and the problem is, is that's not user driven content. That's fucking that's fucking primetime content or network content. Nobody is going to YouTube to watch this garbage when they can turn it on for free and watch that shit on fucking on on the digital box. That's there's no yep reason for that shit. I guess, yeah. They just don't understand that because, again, you, you know, I've watched uh, videos with the uh, with the CEO of YouTube talking with um, uh, different networks and uh, talking with the uh, network news uh, news outlets, and like I, I, I've never seen someone prostrate themselves before <laughs> before before a company so badly. Then I saw Susan Wojcicki talking to uh, somebody about the whole uh, um, adpocalypse bullshit that was going on and, you know, her having to eat fucking crow for it, even though, honestly, there, there's really no reason for any of that, any of that to have occurred or blown out, blown out as bad of a proportion as it has been happening. All it took was one idiotic, one idiotic uh, news article for, you know, a whole bunch of ad companies to start running for the hills. I'm just going to break it to the ad companies because they need to, it needs to be done and they live in their own fucking little world. No one gives a fuck about your ads. There is ad blocker. There are ad free television in every conceivable notion. You are a outdated commodity and have been for fucking years. You just refuse to believe that that's occurring. And when people are offering to be platforms for you and you get scared off because some, because one or two bad things had occurred on a fucking site that should be better curated, then you have no right to be you have no right to be shocked when nobody gives a shit when your stuff goes away of the dodo. But Advertising needed to evolve years ago and it never did. With the advent of the internet, the stuff that was coming out and the, especially with ad blocker and fucking VPNs, no one cares anymore. Here's my Either thing. Did anybody really care? Like, if there was an ad on a video, like, if you're watching an ad on a video, and then the video ended up being shitty, do you even put that ad with the person? Like, it's like saying a commercial is responsible for a bad TV show. I think it's more on the grounds today's culture has people thinking the stupid idea that if you, uh, if you have, if you, um... If you release your ad on a commercial, I mean, if if you release it with pe- with vid- with problematic people that you somehow associate with them, that you're willing to do business with them, and to be fair, these let's be let's be real here, um, a lot of a lot of advertisers are working with a company that still has oh I don't know child pedophilia. On their fucking site. Yeah, but that's like, I don't know if for all the people that hate cops out there, that's like, um, I don't know, Pampers putting a commercial on before Cops, the TV show. The like, problem with it is, is when it comes I mean, to 
cop when it comes to cops personally, I mean shit, they fucking stopped airing it just because of all the craziness that's been going on this past couple of years. Right, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like if if like the cops TV show actually like started pulling people out of cars and beating people and Pampers had a commercial like right before it, are you really going to hold Pampers accountable for cops? No, but there's a huge fucking difference between a ad company buying space on specific uh, a specific set of videos and an ad company buying block space on a on a network. Networks air whatever the hell they want. It's the ad companies who end up having to purchase the space on the on the networks in between the different shows. They're not given any particular choice where they're. Uh, where where their, um, their their commercials are aired, that's just what happens. Obviously, different commercials have uh, greater priority depending on the time of day, but it's not anywhere near the, anything they have control over. So if that does occur there, it's much different than what would happen on like YouTube, where a company goes and says, "I'm going to go and you know buy this buy, buy airtime." on on youtube and you can put it on you know these greenlit um channel uh, these greenlit channels yeah but why why can't they just goes okay but why doesn't that count as like block space for tv shows you see what i'm saying because of the because of the independent contractor nature of you of youtube there's a bit more partitioning that it happens because of it at least that's what I've noticed, because like if you if you listen to a lot of the complaints, a lot of these creators have they're, they're They complain a lot about um, there being so many hoops to jump through. And majority of them have just gone and said, screw it and gone directly to the companies and just asked to, you know, be, you know, advertisers like with the whole well obviously raid shadow legends comes to mind but like manscaping <laughs> yeah. uh the different vpns th- there's Dollar a bunch of shit club. like that but when it comes to like commodities like toilet paper bounty and those kind of commercials i don't know the random nature i'd agree with you it should be block and it shouldn't fucking matter but because it reflects poorly on youtube directly YouTube's the one who gets stung on it, no matter how independent the creators are from what YouTube is doing. That's why the whole PewDiePie thing had had such a ripple effect it did. Eh. I don't know. I, I think th- what's because of that whole ad adpocalypse thing, I think the way creators are going about trying to monetize themselves, like, you know, sponsorship, Manscaped, Dollar Shave Club, uh, you know, our merch link in the bio, our affiliate link with TG- TCG Player, like um, that style of sponsorship, I think, is going to be the way things are going to go. So honestly, like no matter what YouTube does, creators are still finding a way to make their money by, you know, monetizing in other ways. I mean, obviously, you have like uh, Shapiro with the Daily Wire. You can subscribe to the to the Daily Wire to get more of his content, not just what shows up on YouTube. Or like what Tim Pool was trying to do with creating his own, like media club, um, or Crowder. We'll, we'll take Crowder, perfect example. His um, mug club, uh, where you paid, you know, a monthly thing and you got his content, plus extra content. I'm assuming, like he, like 
the way the way people are doing things to provide for themselves, I think is going to be the the should be the future of how creators approach things instead of worrying about YouTube ads. YouTube ads just should be like the sweetener to the sauce type thing. You would say so, but thanks for mentioning Crowder when he's already trying to sue YouTube. Because they're deplatforming him. When they when they took yeah. his monetization that's different. When they took his monetization away, he was still fine. He was still selling subscriptions to the mug club. He it didn't bother him as much. But to re- completely remove him when YouTube is basically like free advertisement for him, that's where I have the problem. I'm like, you're you're literally taking him off when he didn't care that you took his monetization away. Like same with Jake Paul. He was unmonetized for a whole year. Dude was still fucking making money. Or not Jake Paul, Logan Paul. After his whole fucking suicide force bullshit. I don't know. The whole monetization. Like, I don't fucking know. The, the whole YouTube Dude, the generation just bugs me. The majority of those people who are the bigger individuals usually have advisor and financial advisors. Um, probably some form of uh, uh, content advisement. And a bunch of other things in place to ensure that if things go tits up in one way or another, they have a fallback as far as that's concerned. Or they themselves might be skilled enough to understand and move with the ebb and flow of what YouTube is doing. And I'm just going to put it out there. Like in the past year, year and a half, what should have been an apex time for YouTube and for YouTube content creators has been a miserable pile of shit. I can't the majority of the original content creators that I followed, even if they weren't controversial or controversial enough, have stopped creating content or have limited their content to a, such a degree that like I barely get any any intake from them at all. And it's made YouTube that much more fucking boring. And I enjoy a lot of what YouTube offers as far as the much more mundane stuff and the less cerebral. But when you contrast that by what used to be much more vibrant on YouTube, like it, I, I can't help but feel like YouTube's on the decline in one way or another. Yeah, just because most the end of, of everything is bullshit. If, <laughs> well, at the at the end of everything, what's going to end up happening is Google's just going to be holding a desiccated skeleton. Yes, they'll have a market share, but it won't matter because in a lot of cases, people will just go and do other methods of, uh, of transmitting their message or creating content. There's already too many alt tech platforms that people can go on to do what they want to do sans YouTube. And because of Stripe and PayPal and Streamlabs and a bunch of other shit, YouTube isn't even a viable financial platform versus what people are capable of doing outside of YouTube. And and I, and I go back to what Boogie said a long time ago when the first apocalypse happened. You need to diversify your funds and diversify your interests because at some point, <clears throat> YouTube isn't going to be there. And what are you going to do when that happens? Are you going to fall off or are you going to go and adapt and change what you need to? Bigger people like Tim Pool, WeAreChange.org. Um, I'm sure even the Young Turks at, at some point probably have a fallback plan if something happens to YouTube, whether it be the the whole platform collapses on itself from from you know sheer avarice and and in conceit, or they just get jettisoned off of it because they are either too polarizing or they're too controversial. 
these companies, these are companies. They have no choice but to adapt or they're not a company anymore, especially with more independent news, news people like Tim Pool and, I mean, the Young Church to one, one extent or another and, and the like. So they have that you either adapt or die at that point. So having your own backup website where you can actually have your own content that you don't have to worry about censoring yourself, because let's be honest, YouTube has, has become extremely censor heavy. Even like the bigger names are starting to feel the effects of a lot of what YouTube has done. Yeah, they can still be as you know vulgar as they as they want to a point, but even they've kind of uh, reduced a lot of. The, the, their heavier uh, blue uh, blue material, as it were. Yeah, but so, look at look at what SiriusXM did. SiriusXM, you have full free reign to do whatever the fuck you want if you can get onto it. Look, look, look at fucking Howard Stern. That man has not changed. He's gotten like way worse than what he used to be. Like, like there's me- there's ways to get this media. Like how we're doing it. Like you can fucking listen to us. We're we're kicking up a storm, like whatever. But like to support them, it has to be done differently. You can't rely on a company that's like you can't rely on a company to pay you. You have to be able to find that if that's going to be your career. You know what I mean? Well, of course. Yeah. But when it comes to mid-level or lower-level YouTubers. They don't have the flexibility that a lot of these people do. If you're an up-and-coming YouTuber, you're using this as a springboard to get to greater things, which, I mean, at this point, good fucking luck to you. I mean, I have a bunch of, like, newer YouTubers that I follow who I love their content, but, like, I don't quit your day job is what I'm going to say to most people <laughs> unless you have a fresh perspective on shit. You're not going to do this for anything more than, like, a jaunty hobby at most. Yep. Yep, I can see that. Anyway. What do you think, Orlando? <laughs> no, I 100% agree. You're, the entertainment industry is one of the most fickle industries to work in, and if that's what you're going to take part of, you're either going to have to learn to adapt or you're going to die. There's there's no going away around it. It's a harsh, harsh industry, and that's that's for anybody who goes into goes into it must be aware of and youtube is no exception very true pretty much the problem is is i think a lot of people when they when the majority of the people who started to gain their ground and popularity in youtube they they felt like this was their chance to create something that was separate from Hollywood and, and network television where they could kind of have their own creative freedoms to move in whatever direction they felt. The problem with it is, is that platform was never viable. I want everybody to understand this. YouTube as an entity is now is in itself a, 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 a glass house as it were or a, 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 an unstable unstable house, whatever you want to call it. It has a shit foundation. What it does, it what it does good, it does excellent. What it does bad, it torpedoes badly. And if you look at what, what it started as and what it eventually evolved into it at its prime to where it is now, 
anybody could have seen the writing on the wall, especially with the way copyright laws work in in the, in the not only the United States but in the world, that there was always going to be this headache. Yes, user generated content is wonderful, and doing critiques on things and you know use it and doing transformative stuff is amazing. You know who gives a fuck about that? Nobody. Nobody with a copyright. They're not going to allow their 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 intellectual property to be to have any negative in, in connotations with that, even if it's legal. And they will drag people through the mud eight different directions tied to a horse if they need to, to to prevent that stuff from occurring. And because of the nature of YouTube, YouTube doesn't have to do a damn thing about it. All they have to do is ensure that. The door is open for the copyright holder to be able to screw over whoever they feel like doing, even if that person is using fair use. Fair use is only effective when you take it to court. Otherwise, it's not. It doesn't mean a squirt of piss in the ring to 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 any of the YouTube, um, uh, I guess monitors would be the best way to look at it. Moderators, they don't care. They're following orders because this is what they were told to do to remain as neutral as humanly possible so that they don't have the the uh, the um, litigation tossed at them. Now, with the Crowder thing or uh, yeah, with Crowder, Crowder's going to go after them regardless. This is just go he's just doing it. He's he's tired of the bullshit. He, he, he's he's taking them to task. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to wait and see what happens to Crowder. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you should anyways, because like having that, um, having that particular perspective is the best way to go with this because I've, all the speculators, all of the fucking legal experts who are kind of going over this, most of them say it's not going to get past discovery because YouTube's not going to want their fucking the skeletons to come out of their closet. Guys, my apologies. Off topic here. Have you ever heard of a game called Blade Strangers? No. <laughs> it's apparently an it's apparently an indie fighting game that has essentially a roster of indie characters from fucking Shovel Knight to the characters from Cave Story to Isaac from fucking uh what what's the name uh the name of that one sh that one uh dungeon crawler crave shooter thing that uh finding of isaac that's the one that guy <laughs> never heard of it but it sounds exciting oh my it it doesn't look half fucking bad i mean granted it's drawn in the anime style but still pretty good shit as you were. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, moving on. Um, we can go to a sad topic, I guess. A um, couple days ago, uh, the manga creator, Kentaro Miura, I probably butchered his last name, uh, died at the age of 54. He created the manga Berserk, um yeah rest in peace yeah that manga um, will never finish now and anybody that attempts it is an asshole true here's the uh article from polygon um 
Kentaro Miura, the celebrated manga artist and creator of Berserk, has died at the age of 54. Miura died at, on May 6th of an acute aortic um, dissection. Wait, he died on the 6th? Dude, they're reporting on it now? No, they reported it last week. Dude, you know it's like the 20th. This article is written on the 20th. <laughs> no, they, they they reported it last week. Like, yeah. his, I don't know about this article, but they've been talking about it for quite some time. Oh, well, maybe people are just now finding out then. Uh, Berserk publisher Hakusensha... Terrible with these fucking names. Announced Thursday in a Japanese language statement posted on Twitter accounts for Berserk and Young Animal, the magazine in which the manga series is published. News of Miura's death was later announced by Dark Horse Comics, the American publisher that brought Miura's work to the West in English. With a career works going back to 1976, Miura is best known for the creator of the ongoing dark fantasy series Berserk, the manga debuted in a monthly magazine, Animal House, now Young Animal, in 1989, and Miura had worked on an internet on it intermittently ever since. Uh, Berserk follows a story of guts. There is an anime for it too, so if you haven't seen the anime, the anime is actually pretty decent. Um, it's actually not just decent; it's probably one of the first anime I watched when I was first getting into anime. Anyway, follows the story of Guts, a mercenary turned down Demon Slayer. Um, oh, a mercenary turned Demon Slayer who wanders the medieval kingdom of Midland on a quest for revenge against his former friend turned nemesis Griffith, the leader of the mercenary group known as the Band of the Hawk. The manga has accrued a dedicated mass following over the course of its three decade run, inspiring an entire generation of manga authors, game designers, and artists. Miura was known as a prestigious draftsman and a meticulous storyteller, taking months, if not whole years, off from a monthly publication schedule of Berserk in order to dedicate more time to the realization of a single-panel spread. It's not outrageous to compare him to George R.R. R. Martin, whose critically acclaimed fantasy uh, novel series A Song of Ice and Fire is celebrated for similar themes of corruptive temptations of power and malevolent threats far beyond human understanding. The signature of Berserk's influence is inextricable, inextricable from the fabric of the modern epic fantasy. It can be seen everywhere from Capcom's Monster Hunter series and from software's Dark Souls and Bloodborne games to the design of Cloud Strife's iconic Buster Sword in Final Fantasy VII and the top-down cyberpunk brawler Ruiner. Like Gene Mobius... Uh, Garad of Astro Boy, author Osama Tezuka, a comic artist or comic artist Darwin Cook, Miura and his artistry set the bar for an entire generation of artists and authors to aspire to and will continue to live on well beyond his death. Up until his death, Miura was still working on Berserk as well as a previously announced series, Duranki. Uh, there's no words yet on the future of these manga series or on the potential publications of an existing or unfinished chapters. So, yeah. Um, I guess he still had some works that were left. 
I feel like if you try to publish them or try to finish them, it's not going to be it's not going to be done right. You know what I mean? Like it would be doing a disservice to him. Hello? <laughs> I agree. I mean, uh, you didn't say anything that wasn't correct. I hate when you guys agree with me. <laughs> you never have anything to say back. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's um, it's sad, to see, especially at the age of 54. Like, w I, how many times have we talked? We've talked a lot about this. That I think the only person where we were like, this man lived a full, long-ass life was um, Sean Connery. Right? Yeah. 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 Everybody else has died at a really voice actor. We had a voice actor die at 46. Like, come on. Um, obviously, it couldn't have been helped. You know, natural stuff. Bodies break down. Things happen. But, man, it, when, when you dedicate so much of your life and you define a generation of artists and storytellers, like, it's sad. Agreed. Absolutely. <clears throat> you got anything you want to add, Lando? Lando, did we lose you? <laughs> I oh, mean, he muted himself. Uh-oh. He's sleeping. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about manga. You think you would want to go... Uh... <laughs> You don't want to talk about that unless he unless he went off uh, the can. He might be he might be going and taking a shit for all we know. That's true. Anyway, moving on. I guess I guess we can take the time to talk about MTG stuff. You want to you want to take over that one? <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, you're you're boycotting this particular product product line. Yeah, I don't care how so, good it is. I'm just I'm not getting. I'm not buying it. If it turns out to be like if they fucking print the Power Nine in a in a secret layer set, I'm still not buying it. <laughs> well, your money would be better spent on you know proxies of those because you'd have better art. Anyway, um, so another secret layer has come out, yay! But this one isn't fucking around. Um, so this one is actually the Phyrexian. This one has to do with the Phyrexian creators. Anybody who knows MTG lore knows who the Praetors are. Uh, they're br printing them with a new border, with the new Phyrexian layout, uh, but they're printing them all with the Phyrexian text. And this is the original version of the Praetors, so this one isn't going to have the new Warren Klex in it. It's going to be the original one. Um, but the cards have are, are fetch a pretty price on the market right now. Most of them are 20 bucks plus. Um, I think Urobrask is like 10 or 15. He's the cheapest out of the five. And they're all extremely powerful cards in and of their own right. Oh, look who decided to show up now that we're talking about magic randomly. I mean, fair. I just <laughs> couldn't tell you guys that I was taking a shit. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Drew called it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I called it. I fucking called it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know what the price is on it, but because I, I, I haven't really looked into it because I'm not fucking buying it. I already own all of the Praetors, so I don't 
care about this. I mean, for those who want to buy it, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, they're going to have a regular and a quote unquote premium foil version. I'm sure they're going to be ridiculously expensive because they don't want to affect the secondary market that they don't acknowledge because they can't acknowledge it because if they acknowledge it, then they might have to pay for all of their past transgressions. And then the reserve list will collapse and then everything in the MPG will fall into a goddamn vortex and we'll all be playing card fight Vanguard. I mean, it's something bad might happen. <laughs> I wouldn't actually mind Cardfight Vanguard. In fact, I've actually looked into Swise Warts, Swise Warts a few times. I just never really felt like getting into it. <laughs> I, I know you are German, so I'm going to give you a pass. It's Weiss Schwartz. Weiss Schwartz. Good. Okay. I'm not going to say what just went through my head because I don't want to get us canceled. <laughs> You're going to get us canceled for a, for a space balls joke? No, it was something else. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not buying this one. I've already told you my opinion on this. So, yeah. They fucked up when they put out the land. And, and, remember how I was talking about metal versions of the metal secret lair? I found a place that will take art and put it on fucking metal for me. <laughs> so, yeah. How about them apples? Now what? Um, oh shit, there's new Yu-Gi-Oh stuff coming. June, there's a new Yu-Gi-Oh set, and then I think the set after that is going to be September. And there's some new uh, support for some old um, old stereotypes, not stereotypes. Archetypes. <laughs> Archetypes, thank you. Fucking stereotypes. Those goddamn I mean, anime girl stereotypes. <laughs> I, I, I guess... That's Force of Will. Force of Will's got the anime girls. <laughs> Which, by the way, was a fun game, and then that one also got canceled. So, I mean, if you want more anime shit, you could always play the Final Fantasy TCG. I'm tempted to try and get into that. I thought about it. I really fucking did. Just because it's Final Fantasy, but... <sighs> I feel like that should have been released as a... Um, that German game that we just said. <laughs> Weisschwartz. <laughs> Weisschwartz, well, whatever yeah. it is. Because Weisschwartz Weiss actually uses a lot of uh, anime tropes or they use a lot of anime series in their sets. Like, you can find sets that have... that, that actually have anime characters from popular anime in there. So... I, I can see where you're going with it, but because it's a game of it, because it's a, uh, a, it's an RPG thing. I don't know. I don't know if that would actually translate. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm actually surprised there's not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, um, I don't want to say full blown collectible game, but like at least a living card game or a deck builder. There's probably just not enough to really work with. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, that's true. Did they? You have a Marvel deck builder, don't you? No, no, no. What's that hero deck builder that you have? Uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, I believe it's called. Yeah, I need to look into that. I, that was a lot of fun. And there, you can do a lot of stuff with that game. Oh, yeah, it's a really fun. It's really fun. And I ended up finally finding my uh, my missing box of uh, cards for it. So I have all the cards for the two set the two sets I own for it 
And then I think they put out another couple of expansions still for it, plus some additional uh, villains and some other shit. So it's really cool as a, as a deck game. I definitely enjoy it because like each each hero comes with its own custom deck that it has that does that does specific things, and then the hero does stuff. It has its own set of powers on its own in addition to that. So that's it's kind of cool. I almost almost want to buy into the fantasy fight. Fantasy Flight L5R living card game. I just miss L5R. I miss it too, but I've kind of written it off. I like I, I've watched a I've watched a playthrough of the of the LCG version version of it, and I'm I, I'm not I'm not really all that thrilled with it. It doesn't feel it doesn't have the same feel as the original version of it did. So uh, I'm I'm just gonna. I'll take a pass. If you want to jump into it and get into the go ahead, maybe there's a fandom in, in your area. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. I, it's just cool because you don't, you can just, Oh wow. Well, everything is like out of stock. I don't know. It's like, it's a living card game. So like everybody has access to like everything. You know what I mean? Well, it's the same with Netrunner. Netrunner was a similar situation, but I don't yeah. know if Netrunner is even going on anymore either. I think Netrunner is. Looks like L5R still is. They released a lot of different sets. Hold on. They have World Championship. Okay, the last World Championship deck was from 2018. That's a bit far. Yeah. I mean, they still have stuff in stock. I'm assuming they're still producing it. Uh, what was the other game we were talking about? Netrunner? Yeah. Android, yep. They still have it, too. I played it a couple times. It was an interesting buy-in, but, like, I didn't really enjoy it like I probably should have. Like, I like the flavor of it. I like the cyberpunk aesthetic, but, like, the decks themselves, like, I don't really feel like buying that hard into the LC, into the different booster packs and shit that you can get for it because it's just a lot of headaches to try and mitigate that shit not that i don't care or don't think it's interesting it's just when when contrasted with a lot of other games that i could invest energy into i'm not i'm not particularly interested i mean they picked up so they have it looks like six living card games uh game of thrones oh shit i clicked on something no i guess they took over keyforge was that always? That yeah, was always them. Never mind. Yeah, Fantasy Flight always had Keyforge, and Keyforge is still going too. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Game of Thrones, Android, Arkham. That's not where I'm at. Hold on. What the fuck did I just do? Living card games. Here we go. All right, their living card games go: Arkham Horror, Game of Thrones. Marvel Champions, Lord of the Rings, L5R, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is actually a fun card game. I wish that one would have kind of taken off a little bit more. I ended up buying a couple boxes of that and then just getting rid of it um, because shit just died. And the Star Wars one is not Destiny. It's actually a different type of card game. So that's interesting. I don't know. Um, I think living card games are like if it's not like 
obviously if it's not magic i don't think collectible card games are really like taking off anymore you have pokemon okay so you have your top two pokemon and magic two completely different games two completely different like you know audiences that cater that they cater to um you've got dragon ball z that kind of like took off but that one i think is just a flash in the pan it's it's gonna be more popular overseas and not really hang on here and Yu-Gi-Oh. fuck don't let me forget Yu-Gi-Oh. all all three of them have different audiences basically and then um anybody that tries to jump in right here like digimon digimon tried what this is their third attempt to make a, a playable collectible game I mean, to be fair, their first one was just basically Yu-Gi-Oh, but with Digimon. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like if you're not if you're not creating something amazing, like, OK, I'm not saying Dragon Ball is not amazing. I'm just saying that the audience here is not the audience that that's picking up on it. <laughs> so, I mean, Force of Will kind of took off. It's a, it's a very niche thing. Living card games are, in my opinion, I think a little bit better because you can, you know, kind of control what gets put out and have more of a balanced thing where it becomes more about strategy and play and um, stuff like that as opposed to I have, the you know, the most amount of money to buy the, the top cards. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm going to keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Make a whole cut of I don't knows from this episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So, yeah, it's magic secret lair. It's got cool stuff. I'm not buying it. Drew likes it. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> I like it, but I still say that you could probably find something similar for cheaper elsewhere because I am more than comfortable with with saying that buying proxies is, is something that you can do. And there are plenty of Etsy sellers where you could probably get something similar, better quality, and not caught, not giving Watsy more money than they fucking deserve. Yeah, this is this set seems mostly like for the collector. In my opinion, if I can't read the card... Um or at least know what the card does by heart and tell you what the card is. Like I have a couple of Japanese cards in the deck that I'm putting together and my dumbass bought a blind obedience. And I can never remember what the fuck the card does. And I bought it in Chinese instead of English. So now I got to buy another one. But, um, yeah, this, this set seems, this is in a language that nobody understands. So unless you know what the card does or are willing to wait to pull up your phone or not even use these cards because, it's this is geared towards collectors the whole secret layer is geared towards collectors but this is definitely probably their most collector based one outside of bob ross lands and fucking the metal versions so i don't know i don't know that's my new jam today let's talk about uh loftwing and zelda amiibo Fucking joy. So, <laughs> Nintendo has decided to uh, announce a new amiibo that's going to go with the Skyward Sword re-release on the Switch. And it's a Loftwing and Zelda combo, which looks pretty nice. I mean, for, for, for what it's worth, the amiibo at the very least 
looks nice. I'm not going to argue with that. And the what's the amiibo going to be for for a game that didn't have amiibo function before, considering that it didn't exist when it was originally released? Uh, the amiibo is going to allow you to fast travel in the game. I repeat, <laughs> the amiibo that they have spent that there's that it's costing quite a bit of money for is going to allow you to fast travel it's only it's only 25 right yeah yeah it's ten dollars more expensive than a normal amiibo for something so minute something so minor a feature that could have easily been implemented into the game instead I think that's fucking ridiculous. Well, this is also remember this is also assuming people are gonna buy this game and actually play it as for how bad it was the first time around. <laughs> well, that's it was only bad for most people because of the control scheme. Now this 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 is this is uh, Nintendo's passive aggressive way of saying now you don't have a fucking excuse. Play the damn game. <laughs> I'm going to start telling everyone this is my favorite Zelda game. Go ahead. There are people who <laughs> unironically say that Skyward Sword is their favorite Zelda game. No. Yes. All right. I'm going to switch it up. It's my favorite Link game. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that works. I'm happy for you. When does that game actually release? I know we talked about it. When does, do we know when it releases? I think it's, it releases in September. Skyward Sword. God, we got to keep up on the these fucking release dates. No, the only time you can wait, actually wait, fast wait. travel... It... How dare you ask me to keep up with these dates? What do I look like? Jeff Keighley? <laughs> no, you don't eat enough Doritos. <laughs> so so the only time you can actually like travel between the the surface world and uh skyloft is from the from the save statues right no uh, no no holy shit it's two months away it's july Oh, it's July. Oh, my bad. I was totally, totally Suppose fucking up. Again, who do I look like? Jeff Keighley? Supposing he's releasing on my brother's birthday. Another reason not to buy it. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, God. I don't know. I, I was just telling Drew today that I think I'm going to stick to RPGs. Um... And then just go all in on the RPGs, like buy old systems just to play old RPGs on those systems and not worry about any other type of game. Just I'm talking about like JRPG RPGs. So. Getting to my love of the gaming. You do you. <laughs> I don't know. The, the I don't know. I don't know. This is my singing voice right here. You got it? <laughs> it's on record. I don't know. <laughs> and we probably just lost all the subscribers that we worked so hard for. Oh, man. I'm either calling this singing voice or I don't know. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with me? Anyway. Uh, 
Like we said before, everything. We just have it jotted down all the details. I know, right? Oh, I, <laughs> I saw a video the other day um, that had a guy who just bought a GoldenEye disc off of somebody on Facebook Marketplace. And um, he puts it in. And instead, you know how, like, the opening scene where it's got the James Bond, with, you know, the, uh, the gun hole, and he, like, walks in a frame and points the gun? It ends up being Mario instead. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck did I just buy? Oh, yeah, because there's a fucking <laughs> mod now that's called Mario in GoldenEye, where they replaced all the characters in the game with Mario characters <laughs> huh yeah i thought what? that was fucking weird i mean i guess if you ever wanted to shoot the main man himself that wasn't a fucking fire flower there you go but if you ask me if that if they were gonna do shit like that they should have fucking went with doom that way you could have been killing like wario and waluigi at the same time with the bfg Without that motherfucking nice. shotgun, you you tear down Bowser with a goddamn chainsaw. So speaking of spe speaking of uh, old games, there's a guy I just started following who does like clay. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it. It's like clay. It's like clay sculptures. And he takes like old video games and he like sculpts the characters coming out of the. Um, the game case, like the the cartridge, like he cuts up the cartridge and sculpts the characters jumping out of like the um, jumping off the cover kind of thing. Does that make sense? I think so. All right. Well, anyway, look this guy up because this guy is fucking phenomenal. He does like Ninja Turtles, Battletoads, like he, he actually takes the old cartridge, like the actual old cartridge. And I'm assuming he does repros. He the cartridge repros. He breaks the um, uh, the actual game chip, unscrews the cartridge, puts in like a like a back piece, cuts a hole in it, and then puts and uses the parts to create like a 3D like cartridge. Almost, it's cool. The guy's name is Steve Casio, or it's Steve Casino. Yeah, Steve Casino is his name. And I think he's got a web website. No, he's got a big cartel, which I'm assuming is how he sells the stuff. SteveCasino.BigCartel.com. We can actually, like, commission this guy to do this stuff. I don't know how much he charges, but this fucking shit looks awesome. He's done, like, Darkwing Duck. He's done Ghostbusters. He's done, a, like, a vampire. Like I said, Battletoads, Mario. He literally cuts up the cartridge and puts like the character jumping out of the cartridge like Batman. Like you just got to look. You guys got to see this guy's stuff. It's fucking phenomenal. And he'll like actually sculpt in the characters, arms and legs and shit and like paint him like paint the character onto the cartridge. It's cool. Look the motherfucker up. <laughs> you say so. But dude, it's fucking awesome. This is it's, if you want like a cool like collector piece, like, dude, what better way than having Batman jumping out of the Batman Nintendo cartridge? That's just art, man. 
It's just art. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> You're talking about art, and I just happened to watch a preview of a game called Agatha Knife that basically has me going, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, did we, want to, did we want to talk about, did we want to talk about the pedophilia in Near, Near Replicant? Oh, you want to talk about that? Sure. Apparently, I... <laughs> apparently, okay, so everybody who has never, who, if you've heard of Near Automata, uh, the the prequel near near is uh, being remastered called near R and it's going to be released in a, I believe in a couple months from now. I thought it was uh, already released, or is this I'm a sorry. different one? Near R. Yeah. Maybe I get the maybe I have the release wrong. I don't know. I again, do I have to do I have to make the Jeff Keeley joke for the third fucking time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, people aren't very happy. There are some people who aren't very happy with Near R simply for the fact that uh, one of the characters in the game, Kane, is uh, quite an attractive character that pe- that they're claiming that uh, she's being used to encourage pedophilia. So supposedly the character is what seventeen, and she's like dressed in like lingerie or something. I I couldn't I didn't understand it. If somebody's pissed off about something somewhere, um, and they're I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like they're just I think they're just making shit up to make shit up at this point. It's I mean. Oh. She, this person mentions about how there are like feet, like there are achievements for you to do with this said character, including looking up her skirt. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't played. I know when it comes. I know the original version. Uh, I don't think there was such a thing, but. That game is still really damn fucking good. Okay, this is what I have to say. Okay, it's not a requirement to do in the game. But agreed. Here, here's. Okay, now I'm now I'm fired up. Now I got this. (laughs) Okay, all these people that have these fucking anime waifus and shit like that, like. If you're saying that this video game is promoting that and you fucking have some fucking video game or like anime waifu, like schoolgirl anime girl shit that you were like, oh, my God, she's so hot. Like you're part of the fucking problem. Like that's the same fucking thing. Like it's a fucking cartoon. Number one. Number two, it's not you don't have to go looking like you don't have to go staring at the characters like, you know, genitalia or like going up the scale like. That's not what the game was created for. They created an open world style game. But like, if that's not what you're thinking about, like, why the fuck? Like, how could you have even thought that to begin with? Like, if if you're playing the game, you're playing the game, right? The story's not about fucking knocking up a little girl. Like, the story's about something, you know, actually a good story. Like, it's not, oh, I don't know how to say it. If, basically, if you're not a fucking creep, you're not looking for that shit. Period. <laughs> nope. But apparently assholes want to make the claim. If you buy this game, then you're supporting and encouraging and enabling pedophilia. Fuck right the hell off. 
and go if if that's such a problem to you, you can go and help uh, the FBI uh, fight actual pedophiles. This is what I'm saying. Like you were saying that it it was already censored to come over the United States the first time, the first near replicant. Yes, the first time it was already heavily censored. That included her. That's what I'm saying. Like all they're doing is releasing a new game. They're not like I don't fucking get people, man. Like, why are you making a big deal about this shit? Like, literally, if you're not looking to do that stuff, like, if that is not what you're thinking about and you're playing the game, like, you're a normal person. But if that's what you think about when you see a character, you're a fucking creep. <laughs> you're a fucking creep. I don't know how to argue with that. Me and Drew were just talking about a fucking guy that apparently we knew that groomed somebody. <laughs> and that's what you are. You're a fucking creep. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's... Uh, do we have anything else? <laughs> I hate to fucking end on creep, but that's what it is. It is no, what it is. <laughs> Drew, anything? Nothing? Cue, cue the song Creep. Because I'm a creep. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. God, I hate Radiohead. I don't know. It's because they played it to death on the fucking radio stations. That's why. <sighs> no, I literally just cannot stand Radiohead. Radiohead and Pearl Jam. Ugh. Come at me. <laughs> fucking come at me, assholes. Radiohead, Pearl Jam, and Disturbed can all go die in a fire. Um, <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and we lost the last subscriber we could have possibly had. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this shit fest that we had today. Sorry, it wasn't all too hype. And we talked about YouTube for about 30, 40 minutes. But, you know, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> But you don't have to tell them that. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you made it this far, go follow us on our socials, Angry Wargamer. You can find it like on basically everything. And um, if it's not just Angry Wargamer, it'll be Angry Wargamer Podcast, Angry Wargamer J. Basically, just type in Angry Wargamer. You're probably going to catch us. And oh, yeah, and, uh, and and tell them that you actually put the fucking article up finally. Oh my god, I did. If you want to read the actual article, it is shared on our Facebook page. But, but, if you don't want to go to the Facebook page, you can find it on our um, merch store, which is our site, kind of our site. It's a little blog post on that. And it's about the um, commander's quarters from YouTube. He answered some questions for us that you got to ask him. And, uh, yeah. Go take a, a read. It's a very, I mean, I wrote the articles. I think it's very well written. <laughs> probably not. You're probably going to find a bunch of errors. But um, it's basically a Q&A of some questions that Drew got to ask him that he did for us that he didn't have to do for us. And uh, go check that out. And if you haven't, I put a link at the bottom there so you can go check out his YouTube channel. And while you're there, buy yourself some merch. 
can find the link on the Facebook. So you do have to follow us. You don't have to follow us on the socials, but you have to find us on the socials to find the merch store. Anyway, the article is up. Look for it. The link to even the merch store is on my Twitter. So if you want to find Angry Wargamer on Twitter, you can find it through there too. You can find Drew at Punk Toast and Lando at Ragnarok Knight on Twitter. And as always, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves. <laughs>